Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody. I feel like uh, Annie M and Toto and, <laughs> and Dorothy here. It's windy, but we're on uh, we're on Bridgestone Firestone WMA uh, here in White County near Sparta, across Valeria. And uh, I guess it's right in between those two areas, but we're having fun and we're going to be talking about uh, all things WMA today and things happening in, in the Region 3 area here around Bridgestone Firestone. Uh, we're going to have Mr. James Douglas with us and Wally Akins today. We're going to have two guests and we'll, we'll swap them out here soon, but excited to be here, excited to be on this piece of property. Hey, thanks for listening on the radio if you're listening out there on the radio. Also, don't forget iTunes. We're on iTunes and you can subscribe to this show right there uh, in your iTunes store, Google Play, uh, any of those places you can download these podcast apps. You can, you can find us out there. Also on Facebook. We're on Facebook every week. Uh, we're on YouTube all the time, and uh, just something I wanted to bring up that we, uh, the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency now has a next a next door account, and you can find us on Next Door. So if you want to follow us there, and uh, we'll have events, and we'll have uh, alerts, and just things like that to keep y'all up to date on Next Door. So that's that's a few announcements, but just uh, thank y'all for tuning in, and we're excited to have uh, James and Wally with us today, and then I've got Miss Mimi Barnes helping me co-host. So how Happy you doing? Happy to be here. I'm good. It's a little windy, like you said. It is windy. Uh, as long as I get some ruby slippers, I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> click, click. We'll be okay. Uh, but anyway, it's it's going to be a fun show, and uh, we appreciate y'all bearing with us in the wind and the noise. But we'll we'll make it. So really um, thankful to have James Douglas with us today. James, how many years you been out here? I've been here about 20 years. This will be my 20th year. So when I tell people that our managers know their areas, 20 years of research (laughs) has gone into James' knowledge of Bridgestone Firestone. Wow. um, and he does know it, and our managers do know their areas. We always tell folks, if you have questions, give the manager a call. They're more than happy to um, answer questions. Right, and that number is in the in the hunting guide, correct? It is. Yeah. It so is. Uh, all the WMAs are listed there in the hunting guide and, and phone numbers for the managers, and, and you can get a hold of them and chat about the area and find out what you need to know. Sure. Yeah, so, so let's dig in with James. Sure. Yeah. Uh, James, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background with the agency. So you've been here a while, and we'll get to that. But tell us a little bit about what came before that. Well, it, I started with the state in, in 1987. I, I started with the Park Service. And it was a park ranger in, uh, at Roan Mountain over in East Tennessee. And then I had the opportunity to interview for Tennessee Wildlife and became a wildlife officer. Started off and uh, done a little stand in Van Buren County. And then I was also the officer here in White County for 10 years. And then I came the uh, manager of, of this Bridgestone Firestone back in uh, 1999. And tell us the true, we call it Bridgestone Firestone, but tell us the true name of Bridgestone Firestone. It's a long one. Yeah, <laughs> the, the true true name of it is, is Bridgestone Firestone Centennial Wilderness Wildlife Management Area. Ooh. And the, uh, the Centennial name was put in there because of the existence of Firestone, who Bridgestone bought the property from or, or transferred to them. And they felt that they'd keep the centennial part as a, it means 100 years of the existence of Firestone Tire Corporation. Okay, wow. So, and that's who donated this beautiful property that we're on. Correct. They uh, First, uh, they donated 4,000 acres, and then about a year later, they came back and donated another six. And you've been with it throughout that history, Through correct? the whole time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty amazing. That's <laughs> well, nice. So, uh, tell us a little bit about Bridgestone Firestone, the, the acreage, um, We'll get into some questions there, but let's start with that. It's a pretty big area. It's pretty big. It, like I said, it was uh, 
Tennessee Wildlife had the opportunity to oversee the, the 10,000 acres that, that was given a, as a gift to the folks of the state of Tennessee, particularly those that hunt and fish. And as time has went on over the last 20 years, uh, we've accumulated you know, this track or that track through Greenway and, and other organizations. And right now we're sitting somewhere around about, a little around 20,000 acres. Uh, 250 acres is, is actually in Cumberland County and about 6,000 of it is in Van Buren County, which joined White County. Okay, wow. And there, there are a lot of partnerships um, that you've mentioned, and, and we'll get to that in a little bit because we acquired more land last year, and I yes. know you had a lot to do with that. But, but talk about some of those major features. If someone visits Bridgestone Firestone, what should they expect? Well, the main portion here is that the 10,000 acres is up on what they call the Cumberland Plateau. So we're setting up on a higher elevation. Hence the, uh, the wind. Catching all the wind today. <laughs> and the wind blows here every day. Uh, we, we've never had a day where it doesn't blow, and that's because we're up on this elevation. The Caney Fork River, of course, goes through the middle of us, and um, that's the same river, of course, that feeds into the center hill, and you cross so many times on the interstate. But uh, it's, it's a unique place, and, of course, you know, you've got the highs, the lows, um, open ground here and there but mainly most of it is either hardwoods or pines and i noticed when i was coming in that the, you know, y'all are doing some quail work out here as well it's a, considered one of the quail recovery areas tell us a little bit about that if you can yeah about somewhere around about three or four years ago the, the state decided to, to do different wmas is is like quail focal areas mm -hmm. And in Region 3, this was picked as the quail focal area for Region 3. Uh, like you can see in the background here, we have a field here that's a little over 750 acres. And so our main concern here is, is trying to get the quail habitat reestablished or to, to grow here. Um, it's one of the few places in the state that, that like say, that we're trying to get this to, to increase the, the population. You cannot hunt a quail here. Uh, for that reason, we're just trying to get the population up. And of course, the fields also is, is big in the rabbit hunting. Um, we get folks from Morgan County, any any place in the wow. state just about that come here and rabbit hunt because we, like you see in the background, we've got lanes and such, but it's a very, very popular place for rabbit hunting. And they, they, you do provide for everything though. I've been out here even during dove season and it's not a ton of hunters, but people do even come out for dove season. Correct. Uh, we have a dove hunt, which is right behind us here. And, and the population of doves is, is, is not great, but we always tell people that, you know, if you can hit them, you know, you can limit out. But if you can't hit them, then no, you won't. But we do a lot of variety. In fact, every, every hunting uh, opportunity that you have, you can do here. We, we do deer hunt here. Um, of course, our seasons, as far as big game, is a little bit different. You have to look at the hunting guide and, you know, make sure when our dates close. But particularly deer season here on the centennial part is we'll close around the first week of December, and that allows the rabbit hunters to come, and then they'll rabbit hunt here on into February. Wow. So you have to make sure the dates, you know, when you can and when you can't. Mm -hmm. Uh, we also have another unit here that's called the Big Bottom Units. Now, the Big Bottom Unit joins this one. There's no separation between the two. The main difference is, is the Big Bottom Units is open statewide. Deer season, turkey season, and such, it's all same as statewide. 
And I noticed a sign coming in too. The the deer season, you have special regulations on antler uh, restrictions and that kind of thing too. Correct. We uh, it has to be four on one side. Same regulation you have at Catoosa, and uh, and that was something that was that was brought about several years ago for the for the fact that that more or less we're trying to get you know the antlers a little bit you know bigger that's what most people you know want to see mm-hmm. and such and then and so we do have a restriction on those are you seeing a, an increase in in the antler size and oh, population yeah. here as well well as far as population you know if you come here and say we're going to see you know overrun with deer uh that's that's not going to happen um we have pretty pretty big you know as far as quality and, and things like that is pretty good here the good thing about here is is we have the same people that come for the last 20 years. Mm. Uh, we have a lot of people that come here to go camping, uh, spend the afternoon, weekends. I mean, we've had them where people meet here, uh, don't really care whether they kill a deer or not. Yeah. It's just uh, they just come here to socialize, and, and they have really enjoyed that over the years. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, hunting is a big social sport as well. Yeah, uh, it is. It is. I like to see that tradition continue. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Well, I see. uh, Uh, Well, let's go back to that. Um, So we have the big bottom unit, but uh last year there was a big land acquisition, and that took a lot of time. It didn't happen overnight. Talk to us about that process, the partnerships that you had, and um, and what we can look forward to with that track now. For, for for us, like I said, that's how we've grown from 10,000 to 20. It's always been a partnership between another group. Um, in the last several years, most of the land that we have acquired is in the what they call big bottom unit. And of course, that most of it is in Van Buren County. And it's, it's a, a good opportunity for us to acquire land, how to get money to pay for it and such. And that's like on, on those particular units the big bottom unit you can ride a four-wheeler hmm. on it or like back to here there's no four-wheelers allowed here hmm. on the centennial on the centennial part there's no horses allowed here but as far as the big bottom unit we allow horses and we allow four-wheelers and uh, particularly the four-wheelers is a way to get your deer retrieve um, so how do we do it at centennial part here is if you say you kill a deer then there's somebody here every day, mm-hmm. weekend or whatever, and then we'll go and help you retrieve it if it's over, say, where you can't get it. So that's nice. that's the biggest biggest thing that we do here mm-hmm. is, is we try to help you get your deer out. And like I said, back to the big bottom unit, um, it's a total separate, uh, different rules, different regulations, and uh, it's just a, a different, different, different little atmosphere because you're kind of down in the, Mm-hmm. in the Gulf, as they call it. And that new track then kind of connected, uh, brought some connectivity. Correct. When I when I started here, people don't look at it, is when you took 10,000 acres and then we added, say, 2,000 to it, our boundary line here was 75 miles. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we painted it. And, uh, and as the <laughs> People time, don't think about who paints those boundaries. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was an all That's day. a lot of work. It's a lot. <laughs> and so when people say, have you been over the whole thing? Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, we've painted it two or three times. But over the years, every time we get, like, property, like our last acquisition uh, last June, we got another 500 acres, and it squares us up mm-hmm. to where now our boundary line probably ain't. 40-something miles. Wow. So we don't have to paint in and out in wow. little places. I didn't realize that. I didn't yeah. realize that it brought it is, that to 
it, it's been a, a very good thing for us to, to have other organizations and stuff and come and help us purchase land because it has this this one their last one uh, the 500 acres was a big key to us because we took ownership of one of the main entrances into this property okay wow, wow. that's that's fantastic I always learn something yeah <laughs> and speaking of learning stuff something when we were setting up for the show uh, James was telling us some stories and history about the property he's he's big into history and enjoys uh, reflecting back on on this place and other things but can you tell us a, a quick story or anything one you mentioned I don't know if you want to tell that one about the guy who came across the hill there uh, ventured over on this piece of property once once before yeah of course it's I, I love history and, and I'll tell you this as quick as I can I, I interviewed a lady one time and asked her we look after five cemeteries here Mm. Um, and we took full responsibility. We still have a get together the first June, uh, first Saturday in June. The family comes out, and we all go back in the Gulf. Mm. And when I say Gulf, or we back home we call them hollers, but here they call them Gulfs. And we'll go with the family back to their old home places and things like that. There's 64 graves there, mm. and uh, technically we're responsible for those. And um, so over the years of history, uh, I had a gentleman that, that actually his great-great-grandfather owned this property and got it somewhere around 1900. And then when I interviewed him, the, the most famous person that never set foot on this property, but across the street or road out here was a guy by the name of John Wayne came here one time <laughs> to look at a thoroughbred horse. And I uh, said he wasn't here but about five minutes, but he, he told me he was the biggest guy he ever saw in his life. <laughs> and, uh, but there is a lot of history here. Uh, there were three schools here uh, and several families that lived in the Gulf until 1929. Uh, the flood came through, and most of them decided to, to move out. Well, uh, James does them a great service. It's a beautiful place. Thanks for being with us today. And, mm -hmm. and um we're going to talk a little bit more about the management side of it because I know you burn a lot out mm -hmm. here, a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll have Wally Aiken switch in here. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about Wally's real big into shortleaf pine restoration. Mm -hmm. And if folks can see the view behind us and you see those big pines, well, that's some of the shortleaf we're talking about. Yeah. James, thank you so much yeah. for oh, being with us. Thank you. Thanks for the work that you do out here and the work you do for the agency, well, too. Thank yeah. you. All right, James, uh, uh, Wally, come on in here and we'll swap up. Uh, appreciate you jumping in and coming to talk to us today about the, the shortleaf pine and, and some of the burning and stuff going on here. And uh, you just got a recent promotion. Tell us about yourself. Tell us what your position is. Yeah, Mr. Wally Akins. Yeah, Mr. Wally Akins. <laughs> okay, thank you. I will. Um, I started with the agency in 1996, and I started as a wildlife officer in Hancock County. Loved it up there. Loved the people. So if anybody's listening from Hancock County, hello. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to them. But um, I did transfer from Hancock to Mex County to be closer to my hometown. I grew up in Monroe County. Mm -hmm. um, then shortly thereafter, I had the opportunity to become the manager of Hiawassee Refuge. And I was there uh, eight or nine years, then was a private lands biologist for uh, four or five years and then small game biologist until recently last November I was um, uh, was lucky enough to get uh, a program manager position in region three so he's moved on up I know I love it <laughs> yes I've do. known Wally for quite a while he's been a big help to me I, we went I visited him in Hiawassee when you worked out there and wrote a paper for college about Hiawassee wow. he showed me around so pretty that was pretty cool, cool but uh, I knew Wally back when he was Mex County and working that area so we met 
pretty early in my life, so that's, he's a great guy. So during my time with the agency, Wally's really impressed on me the amount of work that we do for small game. We mm-hmm. get questioned about that often, or um, sometimes we hear comments on Facebook about what are you doing for small small game hunters, and you've really um, taught me a lot about that small game side of it. Right, and you know a lot of our management for small game benefits deer and turkey, and those you know let's face it, those two deer and turkey are our big species. That's our driving force, really, for the agency. Mm-hmm. But um, we are slowly uh, kind of gaining interest amongst the agency to to manage more for small game, and we do do acknowledge it. It benefits a variety of different species, mm-hmm. including deer and turkey. Yeah, um, seven hundred and fifty thousand acres here. That's right. Seven hundred and fifty acres. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Just here, and we have other areas on Bridgestone, as James mentioned. It's our quail focus area, so we're trying to enhance or create quail habitat across the whole area or the appropriate places put it that way on on bridgestone so uh we're we're doing that we're we're uh, creating some early successional habitat um we uh, i'm sorry go ahead no i was just going to say in one of the other aspects of it that wally has really introduced me to jason is um that shortleaf pine initiative and and some of that goes hand in hand you're very correct all that goes hand in hand together and uh, the restoration of shortleaf pine, we've lost about 70% of that species wow. in the state of Tennessee. And mm-hmm. it's necessarily not the, the tree itself, but it's the habitat that's associated with the tree. Shortleaf pine is a fire-dependent um, species, or it's really um, acclimated for fire. So by using fire, you can uh, promote the growth of shortleaf pine, mm-hmm. but also enhance or maintain or create that early successional habitat associated with it. Yeah, and um, so we we have a couple of pictures that our viewers will be able to see um, of some of the work that's done uh, utilizing fire as a tool. Um, and when we say fire, we're talking prescribed fire. That's right. It's very different from a wildfire. <laughs> this is managed fire. That's correct. And we use that in Region 3, about 7,000 acres a year. James here on Bridgestone is probably our biggest practitioner of fire in the region on one WMA. Um, he will wow. burn about 1,500 acres a year wow. and sometimes more. Mm. And earlier today, he told me he added up all the acres that he burned since he started, and it's over 30,000 acres. Wow. So that's kind of <laughs> unique. Um, but that 7,000 acre number is a figure I've, I've, that's in our annual reports, but that does not include the South Cherokee, which is a federal agency uh, property that we help manage and they'll burn you know 10 to 25,000 acres just on that area so um, but fire is used and and one thing that's important and is to create or have an objective for your fire and but it's used to maintain or um, or enhance an area or or keep it in a certain seral stage either Mm -hmm. from bare ground to mature forest so uh, but you do have to have an objective um, and it could be very specific, or it should be very specific, uh, like for uh, turkey brood habitat or, or mm. quail nesting areas. Um, so, you know, we try to have an objective, try to use it when the conditions are appropriate to accomplish our objectives. And that's what we really focus in on. Yeah, and, and as far as land management, um, we're, we're managing wildlife through land management because they need that habitat. I always say habitat equals wildlife. But, mm-hmm. but talk to us a little bit about that shortleaf habitat. What does that look like? Okay, as I mentioned, it, it kind of goes in hand, hand in hand with the early successional. But um, because we've lost 
um, so much of that species, the range in Tennessee has is, is, is shrunk so, so much. But normally you can find uh, a shortleaf pine on almost any ridge. So if you have, and it goes back to objectives also, if you have a wildlife objective and you have some shortleaf pine in the area, the biggest bang for your buck, buck may be to simply thin the forest and then use prescribed fire. In areas that you don't have a seed source, uh, or an existing population of trees of shortleaf pine, then we have planted shortleaf. So there's, then you go back to um, what your objectives are. If it's for production forestry or if it's to create a savanna or a woodland, uh, you can do that. But typically in a mixed oak pine forest with shortleaf pine in it, you will have scattered shortleaf throughout the area with uh, a mix of shrubby, habitat with grasses and, and that herbaceous component. I was going to say, I think we had a picture of that, um, and it's actually you, small game hunting up at oh, yeah. Catoosa. Yes. And it shows that really scrubby um, habitat that would be good for deer, turkey, along with small game. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. What other uh, species? I know there are a couple um, species that um, were lost because of the shortleaf pine habitat uh, decline. Well, a lot of those uh, songbird species that um, require that early successional habitat, we've seen a decline in all those, the whole species guild that, uh, that would like that type of habitat. There has been a decline. Um, Bob White quail is the main one. That's mm -hmm. kind of our poster child for early successional habitat in, in Tennessee that, that has been declined, not just in Tennessee, but range-wide mm -hmm. in the whole southeastern and midwestern part of the country. So, um, you know, that... But uh, I could name some, um, indigo bunting, uh, field sparrow, uh, rufous-sided towhee, all those species that prefer that type of habitat or have kind of been in decline the last few years. Wow. Um, so uh, I also know that you work with many partners on the Shortleaf Pine Initiative, um, and they've helped... <clears throat> not just on our lands but other lands as well yes that is correct we've had a lot of different partners but mainly tennessee um, um, tnc the nature conservancy in tennessee is what i meant to say our tennessee division of forestry um, tdec and state parks they've all been partners for so with many. us on this on this project and also u.s forest service so there's been uh, just a whole variety of different or agencies and organizations yeah i guess my point for that is that we're also not pr always providing that funding um, that's correct and we we have been relying on um a source of funding through grants. Uh, the Fish and Wildlife Federation has been very instrumental in uh, supporting us financially on a lot of our restoration efforts. And uh, do we have future plans to expand some of those areas, hopefully? We are in a grant. I think this is our, we're working on our fourth grant in eight years. Wow. Uh, currently mm -hmm. presently so and the end is not inside I think we anticipate uh, as the cycle comes back around to submit proposals for more grants we're, we're ready to do that so I, I think we will continue our efforts for in the near future so uh, I talked about the shortly behind us here out in the field that it's so beautiful and those are very old trees um, but talk about some of that area, maybe at Katusa or some of the other areas that you're uh, working on to see that shortleaf restoration. Okay, yes. Uh, and 
the Cumberland Plateau itself is a focus area for shortleaf pine. Okay. So uh, we are working on private lands, especially the Nature Conservancy uh, works with private landowners to, uh, number one, create a forest management plan for them and then assist them in that management, in implementing the management. So that's basically what we're doing on our wildlife management areas. Since we have control of that land, we've mm -hmm. picked areas on Bridgestone and on Catoosa to actually either thin and burn, as I mentioned before, where we have remnant stands of shortleaf, or we plant. We've planted uh, here on Bridgestone about right at 500 acres, and I think we're up to about 750 wow. acres on Catoosa. Wow. Um, I didn't realize it was that high. Mm. <laughs> yeah. we. That's great. Yeah. We haven't planted in a few years because we're letting those stands develop, and then also we'll begin our management of those stands. And they, so when you're burning there, shortleaf is tied to that burning cycle, right? And they survive it just fine? That's correct. In fact, they need fire to not necessarily for the seeds to germinate, but it really helps to develop that um, the conditions so that seed can germinate. Oh. It creates bare ground and that get, gets that good seed to soil contact that you would need for that shortleaf pine seedling to start. Um, shortleaf pine only produce a seed maybe every two or three years. So there's a lot of factors that go, on, go into getting um, a good regeneration uh, stand started wow. naturally. Yeah. So I think about those initiatives and the uniqueness of all four regions across the state and that's one thing that I see is unique about the plateau here. Yes, that is correct. And about your work here um, on the plateau. <laughs> that along with short, uh, with small game. I mean, I know you know so much more about that and you're an avid hunter um, from bear to pheasant. Don't you go up north I was uh, trying to think. What did grouse. You grouse, that yes, was it. Yes, go out west. I try to hunt them in Tennessee, too. That's another yeah. species that's in decline. Um, but uh, there are a few grouse around still. So try to get out and enjoy enjoy the woods and get out with friends and have a good time. Did I hear you telling a turkey story earlier? Did you miss one or almost have one? Was that? I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. I didn't hear the story, so I don't know the outcome. But. <laughs> It was a, a 24 inch bearded gobbler <laughs> with four four inch spurs. No comment from me. Well, well, we appreciate you being on today. And uh, anything else you want to highlight that's going on in your area that you're working on that you want to bring up to the um, folks at home? I don't really have anything in particular. I just think, um, you know, our agency all. all together are trying to really benefit a lot of different wildlife species uh, for the for the enjoyment of our citizens and our right. users of, of yeah. our resources. So, you know, that's our main intent and our yeah. goal, and I think that's what we're striving for. I think a lot of people know that, but then there's a lot of people that don't, and they, they yeah. you know, we, we, we're working I, hard for the for our customers, our right. constituents. Yeah. I often tell people, read that mission statement, because sure we sure do believe in it. Exactly, yeah. Um, we're lucky to walk into work every day. I am with such great folks Definitely. Um, that care about it. So right. Thanks, Wally. Well, thank you. We thanks love our job. We love what we do. And you know, doing it, for, doing it for you also. Look at our office. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. Well, Wally, we appreciate you. Uh, James, thank you for being on. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, we're here every week, and uh, this is Tennessee Wildcast, and we appreciate y'all tuning in. Don't forget to uh, follow us on iTunes, subscribe there, uh, check out the other social media that we do, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on YouTube. And like I said, next door, we're now on next door, so follow us there, and uh, well, we appreciate 
Mimi for jumping in and, and organizing the show today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks. So, all right. Well, we'll see you all next time right here on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.